Well, yeah, homes for key workers. We've got a great team around it and all the rest of it. And I've got a couple of private investors want to put money into it, but I'd rather have just one uh, whale investor. So I asked him if he had anyone. Yeah. He, said he, he said to me on Friday, he would yes, he would do it. And then today he emailed me and said, no, when you get the first one up and running, we'll come in after that. So Interesting. Well, yeah. that, ties it, that ties in with our topic of fear. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Uh, I must admit, this this past week, I have had um yeah just a crazy amount i've I've been down uh, (laughs) this will make you laugh i've been down wiring in um a a warehouse is this uh, an external job or one of your own no one of my own yeah i I don't think anyone would for for my speed of uh electrics i don't think anyone would realistically pay me are you enjoying it uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where um, I often learn a skill so you know how to do it and then think, yeah, okay, now I know it. Now yeah. I can manage other people doing it. Yeah. Um, and I un- I understand what's involved, how you do it, and how it should be done sort of thing. Um, now, I'm, I'm too old to do physical jobs like this. It's, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, a young man's... Some, well... Yeah, the trouble is, it's a concrete floor, uh, RSJs, 14 foot in the air, oh, and right. you just up and down, up and down ladders and, and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's hard work. It, it's hard, dirty work. <laughs> you know, and that's, I've, I've moved on from there. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean about learning something so you know how to do it. Uh, yeah yeah we agree with that yeah yeah well it it started uh, a long time ago probably on on one of my first property things um what would it be 16 17 years ago uh, and i did up a did up a house and trying to get uh, a plasterer in okay so basically a two up two down terrace Mm. house trying to get a plasterer in and this is early 2000s and I couldn't get anyone. And uh, finally, I got someone who quoted me either six or seven grand to do this terraced house. And I said, you don't want them. You don't want this job, do you? He went, look, I'm really busy. But if you're desperate enough to pay me that much, I'll ditch everyone else and come and do that job. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, well, fair enough. Fair mm. enough, you know. Um, but but I, I just thought, right, this is crazy. This is crazy. If I do anything else to do with plastering, am I going to be stuck in this ridiculous situation again? Because it, it went on for weeks. Kept getting let down by people. Someone had come. They were going to start. Never did. Never heard from them. It was a disaster. So there was a, a, a place a few miles away that did uh, weekend courses. Hmm. You do a full day Saturday, Sunday. I think we did maybe four weekends on the trot and they taught you how to plaster and they, they built out these bays. Um, so they were like 
They were like sort of uh, a single garage. So you had breeze blocks and then you had timber joists across the, as the roof. And you went in and you learned how to uh, dot and dab and fit board, uh, cut board, uh, overboard, um, <laughs> go onto the ceiling and board that out. And then you learned to mix and skim. And at the end of it, the fella said to me, he said, well, I would quite happily have you come to my house and I'd pay you for, for that. So I thought, right, okay. I'm at, I'm at a decent enough standard. And uh, I had a, a two-bed flat that needed doing. And sure enough, you couldn't get a plasterer. And sure enough, you got silly quotes. So I got out my gear and went over and did a two-bed flat uh, on my own. Now, that... My dear friends, if you've never done plastering, to do a two-bed flat, which was on a fourth floor, um, on your own, where you are mixing, cleaning, applying, skimming, polishing, all by yourself, is foolish talk. Mm. It really is. It, you, you, you've got the mind of a, a moron if you think you can keep <laughs> doing that because, geez, my hand at the end of it from holding – uh, the the float was like a claw, you know. I could barely un, unclench my fist. It was, it was ridiculous. But but hey, um, that took me I don't know a couple of days, uh-huh. two three two three days, and um, and it it saved me about five grand. Now you know for a couple of days work if you know what you're doing. There's not not many jobs that that pay you five thousand or, mm-hmm. or a couple of grand a day. So, yeah, yeah, result. But yeah, yeah um, I, I I have these moments where I think, well, I, I think Sally kept saying to me to me um, on all of these things because I say, well, have you ever met? I'm not aware that the only plumbers, electricians, and plasterers have been to Oxford or Cambridge. I'm not aware of that. So I, I said, I'm in with a chance. I said, I'm in with a chance. I reckon I could do it. And uh, when I'm cursing things and going, how does this work? God, this doesn't make sense. She goes, well, they're not Oxford or Cambridge. They're not Oxford or Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> there you go. But no, I love it um, because uh, there's two things that I really hate is when your car has to go in and someone just sucks through their teeth, tuts, and, and just reels off something ridiculous um and roofing yeah because i can't see it yeah you're never happy never totally happy with roofers well have you never heard of that um, for a car have you heard of the thing called fixed f-i-x well you tell me yeah you tell me about that yeah yeah that, you, that's quite you clever one? isn't it you look it up no i didn't right uh hang on hang on how do you spell it f-i-x-d f-i-x-d fixed Yep. The car scanner that's saving people thousands. There you go. Put it in your car, link it to, well, sync it to an app on your mobile phone. Yeah. It tells you. Now, the, the, there's two levels. There's a free level, which is basic, and then obviously there's a paid level, which tells you how to fix things. And I think you can fix from your phone if you get the paid level. But uh, All right, yeah, yeah. But the free one, just you plug in, and it basically tells you what the lights mean, and it tells you if... Uh, you know, and then you can go to the garage and ask for a part and do it yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. I am Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Ray Mondo, how the devil are you, sir? 
Yes, good, Nigel. Good, good, good. See, we're all getting closer to meeting up again. Yes, yes, Madness it's exciting. We'll start to cease, hopefully. Well, yeah. And when do um, when do sort of accommodation, uh, hotels, and everything? How how far away are we for for that sort of accommodation access? Well, in Scotland, they're going to where I have the premises. They're going to um, revise everything on the twenty sixth of April. So they'll probably go back to the tier system. So we don't know what tier we'll be in. We'll see. But apparently there's been a rise in cases and therefore probably going to go back into tier four or something. Yeah. So Scotland's already scared about dropping back into uh, another another mm -hmm. wave, are they? Yeah, it seems that it seems to be that way, but never mind. Yeah. I, I mean, this is it. We've, Ray, we've been living for, you know, over a year in a, a heightened state of fear, anger, frustration boredom uh and then back to fear again and you know and you, you have the fear of the disease the fear of uh, a jab uh the vaccine the fear of you know my business a fear of this that the other it it's everywhere isn't it well it is and um you know the definition of fear it's false evidence appearing real or feck everything and run one or the other <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, I think when it comes to fear, what stops people from moving actually is fear. Um, and when we talk about how to raise money, quite a lot of people I speak to, and I've been speaking in clubhouse rooms and answering lots of questions and, and in one-to-ones things, um, there is this element of, well, why would anybody want to lend me money? Um, and it comes from a, a fear of an ability to perform or a fear that they will be rejected or um, some other fear. So I was I, looking at yeah. I was looking definitely, up. Definitely. I was looking up and trying to find something on this, and I found that um, what stops most people from moving forward is actually uh, fear, because it destroys. And I'm reading here, it destroys psychology and immobilizes people from taking action. And all people experience fear in some context during their lives: fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success. I.e., how can I handle the pressure and continue to deliver at a high level? Fear of love or losing love, fear of being alone, fear of the unknown. In fact. Most of us feel a combination of these fears over the course of our lives. So there we are. <clears throat> that is fear. Hardwired in, apparently. Well, I, I mean, let's think about it. When we go back to our original amygdala brain, what, what did we have to work out? You had to work out if you were going to um, run from it, chase it, eat it, or, you know, you know. Re yeah. recreate with procreate with it as <laughs> so there were all, all these things weren't that and yeah. and that that was pretty much how we evolved for an awful long time so i always i always say to people whenever people are, are sort of i'm not sure i'm just not sure you just say hey look you're trying to overcome a couple of million years worth of evolution here yeah. um and we've only had the uh, the neocortex, the the element that gives us the ability to assess and the emotional side of things uh, for a relatively short period of time. So we are constantly, people always say, don't they? I've, I feel like I've got two voices in my head. Mm. And uh, it's not surprising because you literally have, I think, is it three brains? I think we've, we've yeah. had sort of a original a development and then the neocortex as, as the third bit. So, you know, if you've got three voices in your head, relax you're probably normal 
Um, and, and you don't need to uh, say that I've got, you know, mental health issues. You just need to understand a little bit about how the brain evolved and how it works. And the fact that when somebody puts something unknown, and this is essentially, Ray, isn't it? When we're talking to people and they're wanting to raise money, they're wanting to do property projects, the questions always come back to, you can, you can get a sense that all the questions come back to, I don't know. I, I don't know how this is going to feel, how it's going to look, what it's about. It's this unknown that keeps cropping up over and over again. And that's where the fear kicks in, the fear of the unknown. It's, um, you know, the old Hollywood movies. Mm. The one thing you don't do in the horror movie is say, hey, there's a dusty old door to the basement here. I think I'll open it. Oh, the light doesn't work. I think I'm going to go down. Everyone else behind them is going, don't be an idiot. That person at the front has clearly overcome their, their fear. They're the one that's going to get an axe in the in their forehead uh, from the crazy guy in the, in the basement or whatever. But everyone else, there's a fear. I'm not going down there. It's dark. I don't know what's down there. Mm. And that, I think, is time and time again, when it comes to money, if you said can I borrow 10 pounds? You can handle that. If you can, can I borrow 10 million? That's a whole different sort of ball game, isn't it? Mm, it is. It is. But we have lots of people that do that, do that very thing, but they graduate to it. You know, it's not a, it's not a day one thing. Um, exactly. They do graduate up. In fact, one client that we've got is graduating up, up, graduating up to the hundred million plus mark now with some of the projects. And, uh, I have to say, it's uh, the air is quite quite clear up there. It's quite refreshing. Uh, there's a there's a different standard of um, of uh, advice, shall we say, and different standards of professionals at that level because the the amounts are so large, and uh, it, it things move more smoothly. So, for example, um, dealing with private banks. You know, we all of us have dealt with our own bank at some time or another. But when you deal with a private bank, it's completely different. I mean, the we have a private banking account for one of our businesses, and it's all voice activated. So when you mm. phone up to speak to someone, they know it's you right away. You don't have to go through all security checks. I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant how they do it. But uh, anyway, that's another story. Um, so fear, yeah. That well, there are two primary fears that all human beings have and that is that we are not enough so we're not uh we're too old we're too young we're too we're not smart enough we're not you know old enough we're or whatever it is we're not enough and the second one is that we won't be loved we won't be loved and which is the oxygen of the soul apparently so um what we're going to look at here is in, in raising money what are the fears that you need to overcome so <clears throat> there's a number of a number of things. So I was talking last week to someone a first time, first time they were going to to borrow money, and then also first time for someone who was going to lend money. So to take them as a sort of example, the um, the person that was looking to borrow the money, it was only a smallish amount of money, but it was interesting the language that they were using because they said um i have saved up a lot of you know a lot of money they had over a hundred thousand pounds saved up which was great uh, but they had this fear of using that for the project because if it went wrong they would lose all their money and then the, there was a fear in them that 
they, they needed more money to see it through. Obviously, they did. And there was a fear that, uh, it, you know, again, it might go all wrong and, and they wouldn't be able to repay the money. So anyway, we talked through various things. Um, you do a financial appraisal. You make sure that everything's right and stacks up. We use the CREST model, obviously. Um, yep, the credibility. Uh, who were they partnering up with? Who could they joint venture with? Um, and, and not joint venture in a way that they were tied, you know, bound, bound at the hip, but just joint venture with someone who knew what they were doing for this particular project. So we talked through that. We talked through their level of skills, knowledge and experience, which was actually quite quite substantial. They, they'd done a few things. So uh, once I had pointed out that uh, a, a lender would be looking to someone like them for the skills they didn't have. So, for example, the lender sits with the money, but they had the experience of having done some renovations and some flips. And that's what the lender wanted to see was. So that's what they were. You know, that was where the joint venture came in. Uh, one had the money and one had the skills and experience and the time. So a number of lenders don't have the time or the energy or the desire to get involved, but they want the returns that the money will offer. So there's fear on both sides. So the developer was slightly uh, afraid uh, that he might let someone down. And then a couple of days later, speaking to a lender, uh, not that these two were connected, they were not connected. I wasn't matching them up with each other. It just happened to be two separate individuals. One was, a, one was looking to borrow money and one was looking to lend money. But the, uh, the, the lender, uh, we also go through a process with them to show them uh, how they can, how we qualify deals, how we look at financial appraisals, how we make the decision that we make. And that gives a level of comfort. And then in the Crest model, when you get the security part, that starts to alleviate the fear. Um, but some people have a different attitude to risk and some will not take a step forward without a first charge and others are quite happy to go on a second charge and others are quite happy to go on a personal guarantee. So it's, everybody has their own different levels. And that's just because we're all made differently. So there we go. That's two, uh, two items, I suppose, two examples of dealing with fear just in the last week. Yeah, absolutely, Ray. And I... I was once told, and I, I think I then found it as well, and, and documented evidence that says there's only two natural fears that you are born with, loud noises and falling. Are apparently, the only ones that are inbuilt in us, everything else is learned. So, you know, that, that feeling of, uh, you know, wanting to be loved, mm. um, you know, that, Okay, that that's possibly something in there for procreation or, or whatever it is, an inbuilt biological element to it. But when you think about it, so many things are actually learned, and we always, I think, you know, when it, whenever we've spoken to people about the Crest model and saying the credibility, everyone's instant reaction is, oh, "I've got zero credibility," mm. isn't it? Instant, instantly, is to view on the negative side. Uh, I've, I've never known. We are so bad. Uh, I don't know if it's just a, a British uh, type trait, because if you ask an American, they, they tell you that they've, you know, they're just all set to build a rocket and go to the moon themselves mm -hmm. that afternoon. They are they are super optimistic. It's incredible. Um, but, you know, when you do that, I, I think one one thing 
we always sort of have done in the past, isn't it? You just put a T, a big T on a piece of paper, on the left put pros, on the right put cons, and just go through yourself. Give yourself a, a pause, come back to it, and then keep adding to the pros and say, right, for every con, you need two pros. And that way, that way you can build up, you know, uh, quite, a, quite a substantial list. And, and that can be life experiences. It can be other things that you've done. It can be people that you know. It could be networks that you're in. It could be uh, a coach or a mentor that, that's there. Because one of the things that um, always makes me smile is, um, especially when it's someone especially when it's someone trying to start a business, they always think they've invented something, um, mm. you know, out of the blue. Nobody's even heard of this. Um, yeah. and, and you kind of go, no, actually, no, you haven't. And, and they, they seem very disappointed. But what you can say is, no, actually, that's brilliant. Because if someone's gone before you, they've blazed the trail. There is a path. You can follow it. What mm. does that mean? Well, it de-risks things. Because you can observe or talk to those people and say, well, when you got to this point, what did you do? So when you opened the creaky door to go down to the cellar to investigate these strange noises, what you do is um, the person behind you goes, oh, well, hang on. I went down into that cellar last week. I know what's got wrong. The, the fuse has tripped. Here you go. There, the lights are on. Oh, yeah, you can see down there. It's quite nice. It's got a carpet. It's got cinema seats. It's got a big screen. There's a pool table. It's a real man cave. What a difference that is to the fear that goes on in your head, thinking that there's some axe-wielding homicidal maniac down there who's lived down there for 200 years and all the rest of it. And that's because people think they're the first person that went down into that cellar. Well, no, you're not, because somebody actually built the steps, somebody actually built the cellar, somebody actually put things in. And just think of it the same with this. Others have done it, so you can follow their guidance or their coaching or their mentoring. And let's face it, if you are of the entrepreneurial spirit and you are willing to get up and go and take action and have a look at these things, get, so get the knowledge, put it into action, use people to help you do it, then you are the sort of person that, hey, doesn't matter if you get knocked down 10 times, just make sure you get up 11 times. Mm -hmm. That's all you've got to do. And so, yeah, I've, I love the phrase, sometimes, you know, a bad property deal is a bit like a bad haircut. It'll grow out. And let's face it, it is. If, if everyone says, oh, no, 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 it doesn't, no, my, my property areas, they're always going down, they're always going down, you know, I'm scared it'll go down, I'm scared it'll go down. Say, so, well, if you could go back 100 years, how much do you think those properties would be? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, there'd be buttons. Yeah, exactly. It will always go up. Yeah. Um, so you've got to look. So start putting those things. If you think you've got a negative, a fear, put something on the other side to overcome it a way around it, a solution, an answer to that fear that you might have. Um, but it, I, I just can't believe how, how negative some people are. And then, and then when you meet someone who literally has no fear of anything, mm. that is, that, that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Equally as bad. I know, I know what you mean. I know it's all about finding that balance. 
I mean, it's, the, the conversation last week with the developer was a bit like that. You know, well, he was very much sort of, well, I've got the money. Um, I, I need to get some extra money, but I'm a bit, you know, nervous. And will people lend to me, et cetera, et cetera. Once we talked through it, and discovered that, I mean, he knew his stuff. He absolutely knew his stuff. He knew people in the location. He knew where to get things. He knew how to get things done. He was adaptable, you know, all of these things. He was resourceful. He was, you know, he, he was good at resolving things and fixing things. Um, you know, and when I, when I pointed out all these things to him, that was a bit like the pros and cons, you know, without the bit of paper, just in the conversation. Um, and then uh, I subsequently did introduce him to uh, an investor and they're they're having a chat and I'll find out uh, in the next few days if they're going to do a deal together. But I think they will because it's not, a, you know, it's not a ridiculous one. So the idea with that and, and when you get um, faced by fear or fearful people, like a fearful uh, developer, let's say, you put them with an established lender because the established lender is going to be good for them. And it's the other way around also applies. When you've got a new lender, you put them with established developer, which we did last week. So we had a new lender, uh, her and her husband, they had 200,000 pounds to invest. So my advice was not to invest all of it, just to invest, invest a part of it to do a um, earn and learn deal because you know they were talking about doing their own thing sometime in the future, but they didn't have that much knowledge. So they could lend the money to an established developer who could also give them a hard hat and a fluorescent jacket and take them around the site and point things out to them and build up a relationship that way. And they uh, subsequently did invest £100,000 into that. So, and that's done, that's a done deal, it happened. Um, and, and when we talk about fear as well, from the lender's point of view, so they were a bit nervous, uh, put them in touch with an established developer, that established developer allayed all their fears because every single question was answered, including a site visit, that sort of thing. And then when they called me to say that they were going to do it, you know, yeah, we like this. We've got the paperwork. We're definitely going to do it. I said, okay, the, an, a new fear is going to kick in here. And that new fear will not happen until you've signed the contract and you're just about to send the money. And then when you go to hit that button that, that says send from your bank to their bank, I said, that's when the next level of fear is going to kick in. So, but it's perfectly normal. Just to let you know, it's perfectly normal. Now, matching them with an established developer, the developer, yes, would need the money, but he, he, it wasn't, you know, he didn't need the money by Friday at 2 p.m. or the deal would collapse. That's not what you want to put a new lender into. A new lender needs to be effectively development finance, where the developer already has the money effectively. He's got an option. Uh, he can draw down from an established lender, but for the same, um, for the same interest rate, usually, and for an awful lot less hassle and paperwork, he can work with a, a new lender who can lend the money. So it, that's, that's what makes that work, because then the, the lender says, well, okay, so you don't absolutely need the money, but you're still going to give me a decent return. Yes. Uh, okay, then they're not under any pressure, because uh, first-time lenders will quite often get cold feet when it comes to sending the money. So they may sign the agreements, they may do all sorts of things, and then they just get cold feet. It happens. And that... Yeah, and I mean, this is a classic case of buyer's remorse, isn't it? Where, they, where they've gone into something, and then uh, when they've sent the money, they suddenly go, oh, my goodness, I, I don't think I needed those monkey bars to attach to the chimney pot to do some outdoor activity during lockdown. What, what have I done? But when it, when it comes to something a bit more sensible, and you've gone through everything and it's uh, yes, I need a new washing machine. 
I've, I've been through it all and uh, yeah, my clothes are getting a bit smelly and dirty and stuff, but, and I'm going to invest in it. You've, you've got to, you've got to bring it back. And, and I've said this to a number of people and, and the feedback has been amazing from people. I've said, whenever you're facing a difficult decision, get a piece of paper and write down, write down everything about it. So what was going on? What was happening around you? What your emotional state was? Why you were thinking of doing it? What information did you have at that time? Um, and, and just jot it all down and how you came to the decision that you did. And this isn't necessarily for raising money. You can apply it to anything. Mm-hmm. Because what I was finding were people would would constantly talking about regrets, and I and I said right okay pick one of those, okay well I re- I regret doing this you know I regret buying this car from somebody, oh why well the <clears throat> the the car kept going wrong it was terrible it was a waste of money I ended up losing thousands on it, okay let's go back why did you buy the car at the time, and because. The trouble is they're now fearful of buying another car because mm. they're scared it's going to repeat once bit and twice shy. And I said, right, okay, go back. All right, well, and they went back and and you go through the story and you say, well, I think I'd have bought the car with what you've told me. You know, the person was was a friend. It was good. They'd only use the car like this. Uh, it, it wasn't dodgy. It hadn't been in a crash. You were just, I think, just unlucky. The decision fundamentally with the information you had at the time was good. Uh, and they sort of went, oh, okay, so maybe that wasn't such a bad decision. I said, no, what you're doing is you're now coming forward to where the problems are, you know, several years down the line and basing your judgment to purchase it on information you, you know now. And you hmm. didn't know that. Now, if you go back, would you make the same decision? Yeah, I think I probably would. I probably still bought the car. And you go, okay, so you got no regrets. All oh, right, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. And I said, for for whatever you do through through life, you know, sometimes you regret various things. Go back. What did you know at the time? It, you know, in order to make that decision. And what you'll find is that you tended to make a pretty reasonable decision. However, the one thing that you can now learn from that experience is, okay, what went wrong with that? And say, okay, well, I'd never have known that. And so you then incorporate that and say, okay, now next time if I'm doing it, I'll incorporate that extra bit of information in my decision-making. And this is why people go for coaches or mentors. Mm. It's because, you know, when you're coming up for a decision, they will tell you things that you need to consider that you would never have worked out potentially unless through experience. And the trouble is people don't want to sit, sit around gathering 20, 30 years of experience. They want the information right now. So if, if that's if, if one of your fears is, I don't think I know all the outcomes that could happen. I don't think I know all the problems. First of all, no one does. But if you want to know an awful lot more, then you need to start talking to people who uh, can help you, uh, either coaching or mentoring you through that. Because that's the way that you shortcut, you gather their experience and you shortcut your timeline. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. I mean, it's one of the best things I ever did was to get involved in uh, mastermind groups. And 
you know, I'd, I'd read Think and Grow Rich years and years and years ago. And one of the things in there that says, you know, get involved in a mastermind group. Now, I always thought, great idea, but where do you go to do it? Where do you go to do it? Well, there are lots of places to go. Um, there are lots of people that are available. There are um, paid mentors and unpaid mentors. But I think um, uh, I would always go for the paid ones because you, you take it more seriously. You get more involved. You're more likely to do what they say. And uh, there's a level of accountability there on both sides. So if anyone's afraid, if you're listening to this and you're afraid and thinking, oh, I don't know about that, um, you know, uh, go for it because it's, it's, it's a good use of time to learn from other people's mistakes. It's a good use of time to learn from other people's uh, experience, definitely. And uh, in fact, two weeks ago, I was talking to a guy, sold his business for 70 million. So he did rather well, sold his business for 70 million. Um, and and uh, he had some interesting insights on, uh, on fear. He had, you know, he was, he, for example, said he was af afraid that once he sold the business, uh, he wouldn't have anything, you know, to live for uh, as such. Not, not, not that he was, you know, thinking of doing anything about it. Um, he just felt that he might lose his drive, his enthusiasm, but uh, he didn't. You know, he managed to do some other things, started up a couple of other businesses and, get, and kept going. So fear is normal. It's natural. Ebbs and flows. Everybody has fear every single day. I've got a daughter at the moment who's afraid, afraid of wasps and insects, <laughs> so much so that uh, um, we're going to have to get some uh, experts to take a look at that fear and see if we can sort that out. So, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's amazing what the fears are. I, I run a property mastermind group and and it, it's incredible what what people say well ooh, um, ooh, gosh you know maybe maybe not oh cranky I don't know and and everyone else in in the group kind of looks at them and go you've got to be kidding me you know this you know that you know the other you, you've got this you've done that you've even done that one before and they go oh yeah 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 I suppose I suppose so and Sometimes, sometimes the just the mastermind is you voice your fears. Mm -hmm. And as Mark Twain said, what was it? Over my life, I've had thousands of fears and some of them have actually been real. <laughs> and, and I think that's it. I think that's it. 90, 90 plus percent of all your fears uh, never, never happen. Well, he must know? have got that from it's Montaigne, the French philosopher and the 15th century he said most of my life has been filled with terrible misfortune most of which has never happened <laughs> there you go well mark twain was always a good most things get attributed to mark twain don't they <laughs> i think so I, I think even i think even some of uh you know jeff bezos and mark zuckerberg's um you know things have been uh mark twain has probably commented on those as well <laughs> yeah probably yeah he gets it he gets linked to all sorts but no it, it right I think it's a, an amazing one. And it one of the best things you can do is talk your fears through to see if there are, you said right at the beginning, false expectations appearing real. If you sit down and talk someone, talk it through with someone, they can go, well, okay, I don't think that's quite right. I don't think that's real. I'm not too sure about that. Have you thought about this? And before you know it, you are kicking every one of these fears into the long grass. And what that does is it just clears, clears the way for someone to move forward because fear is this big obstacle. It's this big obstacle that gets in the way 
holds you back, stops you, slows you down. And uh, we're here on the How to Raise Money podcast to help you break through those obstacles uh, so that you can do uh, the deals that you want to do. That's right, isn't it, Ray? That's it. That's it. We are here and Perfect. dealing with them on a regular uh, daily basis. So there's probably nothing we haven't seen at this at this point. Um, there's probably uh, no proposal that we haven't come across uh, and no fear that we haven't been able to alleviate one way or the other from either a lender or a developer. Absolutely. There you go. And on that, on that, bombshell. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, on that bombshell, absolutely, Mr. McLennan. Superb. Excellent. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, you know, I was a bit scared about doing it earlier on, but uh, we've talked our way through it. <laughs> Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a good title for a book, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I'm just worried someone else has got there before me. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All we right. Had, uh, I've had a couple of emails in. Um, people continue to get in touch, which is always good. Um, they can get in touch with me through ray at raisingangelfinance.co.uk. And we have the website, How to Raise Money. Yeah, we've got, uh, you can email us, hello at htrmoney.co.uk um, or htrmoney.com as well. Uh, have a look there. We've got our, our book coming up. We, I need to sit down and just refine a couple of those things that you've written. Um, you know, it, it's you know, it's genius, but I'm just going to put a little cherry on top. <laughs> I'm afraid you'll make a muck of it. <laughs> oh, how very dare you. Uh, there, there we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Are you going to sign us off? Yep. I have been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. We'll see you soon. All right. Cool. Nice okay. one. <clears throat> nice one i'll let you get on i'm going to put my scruffs on and go back up ladders to wire in the last few lights good all right all right have a good day see you later good luck bye cheers Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?